Well, welcome to our Sailorville podcast. I'm here with Kurt DeGraff and Jesse Miller. My name is Abe Miller. And uh, this is actually, we're starting off a marriage and family podcast through the month of February. We kind of looked at this. So it's very appropriate to have a husband and a <laughs> wife in here. Yes. I'm excited to have my wife here as we talk about marriage and family. A little nervous, I'll have to admit, because we're going to be talking about... Um, yeah, relationships. I'm afraid of what I might say. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so this is going to be a this is going to be a month long thing where we've got several things going on here at church with a marriage night coming up and then also a date night that's happening on February twentieth. Obviously, it's Valentine's Day in February, mm-hmm. so guys and gals, make sure you get a gift for your spouse <laughs> or significant other because it is Valentine's Day. But um, we had kind of come to the come to you, Kurt, and asked, you know, what are some of those issues and concerns that you have dealing in the counseling, which is what you do here full time at Sailorville. And Jesse, you're on the on the counseling team as well with the women. Really, just what are some of those issues, right? And um, there's obviously lots of things that we can talk about, but we've kind of narrowed it down. You've narrowed it down, and today we're talking about the differences between men and women in marriage which we all know there are differences when we look at, <laughs> uh, you know, just emotions and socially and sexually and spiritually. There's lots and lots of differences when it comes to this. But, Kurt, why, why, did, you, why did you pick this topic? What's the, what's the concern and why are we going to kind of dive into this a little bit deeper? It's great to be with you guys today. I'm delighted to have Jesse join us as well as you, Abe. Uh, as uh, a counselor here at the church, uh, the number one item that I counsel is marital discord. So I invest a lot in the lives of the marriages here at Sayreville Church and delighted to do so. And I want to kind of set the table for that. I want to deal with some presuppositions that often lead couples astray, especially early on in their relationship. They make some assumptions about each other that may be mistaken there are distinctions and differences between the sexes, between men and women. As a general tone here, I just want to share a little bit about some helpful distinctions that we need to remind ourselves of in this culture. Men are not women, and women are not men. Uh, pets are not kids, and kids are not pets. Boyfriends and girlfriends are not spouses. Uh, Feelings are not facts, and creatures are not the creator. Those may seem simple enough and quite obvious, yet in our society there is a lot of confusion. So we want to start with some basics here of distinctions between husbands and wives, men and women. Um, I think of an Old Testament verse, Isaiah 520, where the prophet is warning the ancient people of God against their confusion. He, he said, what are those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute light for darkness and darkness for light, who substitute bitterness for sweet and sweet for bitterness? And I think it's important for us to understand the distinctions that really the way God ordained us and designed us, mm-hmm. our creator made us. Two different sexes, and, and he did it on purpose, and we're meant to complement each other, not to compete with each other. I think that's really, really important. I do want to make a, a, a disclaimer here. 
I do want to make sure everybody understands that we're not saying one sex is better than the other sex. We are equals. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, but we're all one in Jesus Christ. So we're all equals. And uh, yet there is an order among equals. We've learned from Scripture. I want to say this just about men in understanding this particular principle. I think sometimes our wives are a little bit better at understanding us than we are about understanding them. We're commanded in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. <laughs> and then it says we, we need to deal with them graciously, kindly, as with a weaker vessel. I think that refers to the physical aspect. She may be our superior intellectually, in other ways, but sometimes physically we can dominate if we're not careful. So we need to really understand the differences. We need to dwell with them in an understanding way, love on them, really make them our lifelong study. And that goes both ways between husbands and wives. I think this is the foundation for really why we're doing this right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. And the you know, even as we're sitting here thinking about it, you know, like we've been married 21 years. How long have you been married, Kurt? Uh, I'll be 47 years coming up in June. Yeah, 40. Wow. <laughs> Three years away from 50. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Praise God. Thank you. And how many how many kids and grandkids do you have? And we have four children and 12 grandchildren. Okay. Yep. And you got to tell us how many you got. We have five. Five children. Uh, the oldest is 19 down to 13. So, yeah, it keep, keeps, us, keeps us busy. But, yeah, I think those, those differences... Um, it is interesting because you, you just, I loved what you said at the beginning about complimenting each other instead of competing against each other. I think that's key to this whole thing when it comes down to it. So, and what I want to say too, is we don't clone each other. Husbands, wives are not clones. And that's one of the presuppositions that get us into trouble. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, for sure. I, I was just going to say too, you know, this is, we're going to be talking about marriage. We're going to be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about family throughout all of these podcasts. So that's just a little bit of a disclaimer to those of you who are listening that um, we're going to, we're going to talk about married stuff. So hopefully this will be helpful and beneficial. Jesse, obviously uh, we are different men and women. We, we, ha we have different <laughs> interests and different passions and different things. But one of the, one of the things that we've talked about is just emotions, right? And, uh, Women are a little bit more emotional. Would you agree, Kurt? Yes. A little bit more emotional driven. But like, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about the, like, the differences between men and women when it comes to emotions and how, how are women thinking? I know a lot of things happen in, I think women talk a lot about the mind, right? Mm -hmm. And what comes into your mind and what are you thinking? And mm -hmm. oh my goodness, it just starts to spiral out of control. Talk to us a little bit about this. Help us guys understand where women are coming from sure. in these situations. Sure. I definitely think that we as women, we know we have a lot on our plate and a lot of things that we're juggling at home and taking care of our kids if we have children or our jobs and our hobbies and our friends and different things like that. So we are busy. We're busy creatures, but um, we can easily let our selfish desires kind of rule the day and we can easily let um, the things that we're thinking affect all of our emotions. So we know that our, um, our feelings affect our thinking, and that affects our actions, and then it affects how we behave and how we relate to one another. 
Um, and unfortunately, sometimes we as women can fly off the handle <laughs> or we can um, assume something wrongly. I may think Abe is upset with me about something, but he really isn't upset. He's just being quiet. So he's more of an internalizer. Mm-hmm. Well, we both are actually. We both are. Which can be a problem. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I definitely think men and women are different. And there are lots of women who are very, to use Kurt's word, very emotive. <laughs> they let all their emotions just um, spew out of them, if I can say that. Um, so I think as women, we need to make sure that we're thinking biblically and that we are not letting our feelings and our emotions lead us because they will lie to us. Jeremiah says the heart is um, deceitful and wicked and um, our feelings lie to us. So, you know, little girls, they watch the Disney princess movies and they all say, well, you talked about this a few months ago, I believe, Um, or just a couple months ago even. Disney, the theme is follow your heart. But as Christian women, we can't do that. (laughs) We need to let God's word lead us. And guide us and not be tempted to only listen to the thoughts that are in our head. Yep. So, Kurt, how, like from a man's perspective, how, do you, how, how does a guy deal with that, right? If your, your wife is emotive, they're very expressive, they want to talk, they want, I mean, how do, guys, how do guys respond to that emotionally? And then how do, you, how do you respond to your wife in those situations? I think a lot of guys really struggle to understand that component of the emotions because they're not as given to that, at least externally. But if we're going to live in an understanding way, we need to know that God has created our wives emotively and that we need to give them patience and hearing them out and loving on them and having them share what they feel so deeply. We sometimes run away from that and uh, to our own detriment, to our marriage's detriment. We need to really give time and attention. Tell me how you feel. Uh, Feelings aren't bad. God created emotions. They just can't control us. You have a little booklet there, Jesse, right next to you. You want to say just a word about that and then I'll go on? Yeah. Sure. Um, It's called managing your emotions, keeping your feelings from running the show. So I think as women, we all struggle with lots of different other emotions that can be sinful like anger and worry, which turns into anxiety. Sometimes we get depressed and, you know, that time of the month I think affects us more than we want to admit. Um, And then we all want to control things as women. And sometimes we want to control our spouses. And so if, if we allow our emotions to rule us sinfully, we will fall into sin. So this book helps talk through ways to make sure that you are coming back to God's word and what God's word says about believing truth, listening to truth, um, leaning into the Holy Spirit's power to overcome wrong thinking. This is a resource we use regularly in our counseling ministry. And while wives may be prone to giving into their emotions in an external kind of way, guys conversely run away from their emotions. (laughs) They don't like to feel. They get scared. Abe never does that. (laughs) (laughs) We typically get quiet. Yep. And we don't want to talk, hide, (laughs) right? And then the conflict is on because we don't address 
what's really happening. We're scared of our own emotions as guys, and and that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of one of the other. Um, as we kind of go through these different topics, I, I'm going to kind of come back to how do we deal with that, right? How do we deal with, okay, I, I'm running away, right? I'm hiding. Or how do I deal with my wife? Or how do, how do I listen to her? I mean, I think those are some of the things we can talk about too. But even when it comes to um, some of the difference socially, right? So we're talking about these different, the way we're different socially. I mean, how do you, Kurt, how do you see the difference between men and women, just how we interact socially, whether that's, you know, social media or out and about or in large crowds? I mean, how, how, what are the differences there and how do we, how do we understand our spouses in those situations? Yeah. I I would say a number of things here. I've read statistics in the past that the average woman speaks 25,000 words a day (laughs) and the average guy speaks 12,500 a day, Mm -hmm. i.e. half of it. I would agree. By the time he comes home from work, he's used up all of his quota. (laughs) (laughs) There's some truth to that. Guys Mm -hmm. get quiet. They're tired. They come home from work. Just leave me alone. And they veg out on the couch watching the ball game. And they're like, what's that talk? (laughs) And they're not really sympathetic toward that. Just leave me alone. I sometimes tell the wife, feed the beast before you try to talk to him. It's important to communicate, and it is a big-time issue. We'll be talking about that next week on mm-hmm. our podcast yeah. for sure. Um, women are more socially oriented. They want some close friends. I'm telling on us guys, mm-hmm. the average guy has very few, if any, yep. super close friends. We just kind of are a little bit guarded. I don't want anybody to be too close to me. Mm-hmm. We really kind of want our wife to understand us, and yet we're not as communicative as we ought to be. But, you know, this is one of the things I had to learn. My wife's had good, close friends, and sometimes I've said to her in life, why, why, why these close friends? Why spend so much time with them? And she said, honey, you have to understand the way we're made. Mm-hmm. We women need good, close friends. And we're thinking, I don't know that I need one as a man, and yet we really do. Yep. You may want to speak to that, Abe. You're really good at that and trying to develop that in our men's ministries here for guys to get connected with other guys. But we struggle to have close friends. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I've talked to several men and asked that question, like, who, who is that guy that you can go and talk to or share with or have spiritual conversations? And most, most men do not have that guy, right? There's, there's not that guy in their life that they can be open and honest with, and they just most of the time in community group, that's the only time they're having spiritual conversations with any other men if they're in a community group. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's definitely true. And, and I would, I would say, yeah, the women, it does seem like women have way more friends and they're, you know, it seems like there's texting and they're communicating and following up and guys are kind of like, okay, well, you're not in my life right now. So I guess I'll move on to that. Who is ever with me right now. Right. You know, a gal can be at a table with some girlfriends and say, who wants to go to the bathroom with me? <laughs> and several of them will go together. You never do A guy that. would never ask them that yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Gals are social creatures. We guys are too. We just kind of push away from that. Mm-hmm. Even Adam in the Garden of Eden, I think his failure was to step back mm-hmm. when Satan was speaking into Eve's life. Where was Adam to there protect her? But he was already starting to step back, and that became part of the problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. So one of the um, one of the other sections that we've talked about that we were going to discuss was sexually we're different. Um, obviously, that God has created us completely different with different passions when it comes to um, the socially, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. But sexually, um, we're different. And I know, I know, like you and I have done several pre-marriage. Um, sessions with people that are getting married beforehand. And that's, you know, one, one of the topics towards the end of the, that, the, the book that we go through, uh, is all dealing with sexual, you know, just that whole idea of what's your, what's your relationship going to be like sexually. And that's always, that's always, it's, it's a fun conversation to have. I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about that because it's like, Oh, you know, like you can't talk about that. That's like, taboo, but yet it's something that God has made. It's beautiful. It's God designed. It's something that I, I think the church on some levels shies away from. It doesn't want to have that conversation. And yet it's, it's not, you know, it's not marriage, you know, that's not marriage is our sexual activities, not marriage, but it's a huge part of it. Right. Um, in, in, in the situations that you guys have dealt with, how have you seen the differences there and where is there conflict there between, you know, just sexually, understanding each other, communicating. Talk a little bit about that. Kurt, why don't you start, and then we'll go over to Jesse. Again, we go back to presuppositions. Uh, the average guy, when he gets married, uh, assumes his wife is just like him, just a, a male with long hair. You know, She's going to love football. She's going to have sex every day. You know? Amen. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I, I think the average young couple <laughs> thinks like this on their marriage day. The the guy is standing down front watching his bride to be walked down the aisle, thinking, "You lucky dog, I'm going to give you the privilege of meeting all of my needs for the rest of your life." And conversely, mm-hmm. the wife is thinking the same way. So selfishness comes into play here, and that's no more. I mean, nowhere more pronounced than in the arena of sexuality. You need to meet my needs instead of being unselfishly talking about how can I, how can I minister to you? How can I help you? It's really all about me, me getting my joy, my freedom, my release, whatever. Uh, that, that can become a problem where we become selfishly oriented. And I just think the bedroom is really the uh, thermometer of the relationship. Sex isn't the problem, but it reflects other problems. Mm -hmm. If we're not understanding our wife, if we're not giving her time, conversing with her, if we're disrespecting her, she's going to say, don't touch me. Mm -hmm. I feel like a prostitute. (laughs) And maybe Jesse can jump in here to talk a little bit about that. Because, you know, guys, when it comes to sex, are microwaves. And gals, they're crockpots. (laughs) Takes a while to warm Mm -hmm. up. And that's all about romancing your wife and really loving her and talking and being kind and tender and gentle and not all about me. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, growing up in a pretty conservative Christian home and church, I was super excited to get married. But I think, you know, I walked down the aisle with the white dress on and then get to the honeymoon and realize okay, everything from now on is supposed to be okay. But I had, I had quite a few fears, insecurities about what I looked like. Um, you know, even just 
not necessarily baggage from my past, but mm-hmm. I think just not not really probably understanding a good biblical view of like everything is okay. <laughs> Anything between us is okay. And um and so I think for us we do like to connect both of us, even Abe likes to connect with me, um, just with some talking and hanging out before we do just jump into bed together. <laughs> um and I definitely need that. I don't, I mean, most women don't want to feel like they are just a piece of property, you know. And so I sure hope that in our Christian marriages we're, we're teaching that from a church's perspective that men are honoring and loving their wives. And, um, you know, we in turn need to respect our husband. And I think that plays into it as well, um, loving and respecting one another and, um Abe, you want to speak into the pornography piece for a second with a lot of guys who struggle in that arena and maybe what it does to the sexual piece of, of a marriage? Yeah, I, I, I was going to jump on one thing that you had said, too. I think that, you know, I think that that has been something over time that, like, Jesse and I have had to talk about, discuss, understand, like, understand where I'm coming from sexually and then understand where she's coming from sexually and having those conversations, um, which I, you know, some people are very open about that. Other people, it takes a while. And I think, you know, we both grew up in Christian conservative homes, which I think would be, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, you've been told your whole life. No, 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 no. It's sinful, 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 sinful. Then you get married and then it's, um, yeah, Hey, yes. you know, go crazy and have fun. And this is God made it and it's beautiful. And, 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 you know, mentally getting, I think, especially for women, I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's a way harder shift yeah. mentally to get to that point to say, okay. And then understanding what does my husband need sexually? What does my wife need? And that, that's, that's a challenge I think for everybody, right. On, on a lot of levels, it's like, yeah, I need to, I need to love her. I need to be romantic. I need to listen. I need to engage her, not just, Hey, you want to have sex like that? <laughs> you know, and you've called me out on that on at times, you know, I mean like, <laughs> Hey, like, we haven't, we haven't connected. I mean, that's a, that's a, I think that's a big deal. Every I mean, one of us husbands has struggled in that arena if we're right. really honest. Right. And I yep. know he needs it. I know that. And I yeah. want him to be fulfilled. Sure. I do not want him to be going and looking at something or being tempted because I have not fulfilled my duties to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that word duties, but um, anyway. What was I yeah. I, Speaking of the pornography thing, I, I remember somebody had told you several years ago about, you know, guys are visual. We all know that, right? Guys are visual. Women are more, you know, the emotion, the romance, the the connecting part of it. Uh, but guys are visual. And I remember somebody saying um, just the idea of. I'm the only person yeah, like gets my, to look at. You know, <laughs> which, which I think a lot of women are self-conscious, right? They are. My body, I'm embarrassed. It's not, you know, it's not the pornographic images that are out there. And so I've I don't had compare. Five children, so yeah. so I don't compare. I'm I'm nervous about that. But somebody rushed. Yeah, somebody yeah. had said once, you know, like to the, to the to the wives at a conference, you know, like listen, he he's the you're the only person that he should be looking at. Let him look right. Like yeah. let him see you. Mm-hmm. And I think that women need to understand. Like I see her as beautiful. She may not, and she may struggle with that, but I see her as beautiful. And I think a lot of, 
I think a lot of men need to, to reinforce that with their wives. Good point. Right. And say, listen, you may struggle with that, but I see you as beautiful. Verbally I see, affirmed. Yep. I see you as beautiful. And just understanding that that is. We need the reassurance. We need the, re- <laughs> she needs the reinsurance, but I think a lot of women need that. And I think it's a, it's an important aspect to the whole relationship to understand. Yeah. I'm visual. I want to look, but let me look at you. So I'm not tempted to go to the other stuff, mm-hmm. the porn, the pornography, which yes, I think is a, is a huge, huge issue with men. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's rampant. It, it's, it's everywhere. You can access it everywhere. Um, but that there again, that's, that's a heart thing with the guys and dealing with, you know, what am I looking for? What am I trying to control? What am I escaping from? I think, which is a lot of, one of the things that we've shared before is the blast part of, of, um, when you're tempted, you're bored, you're lonely, you're angry, you're stressed, or you're tired. Most guys would say, amen. Yep. That's when I struggle. That's when I get it. Or you haven't connected with your wife, right? Emotionally, spiritually, or physically. So I do want to throw in this caveat. Um, there's a trend for guys to be a certain way and women to be a certain way, but sometimes the guy, the husband is the more emotive mm-hmm. and the wife is the more distant or strong or, mm-hmm less emotional, which is kind of a strange twist, but I need to say that that is sometimes the case. So we need sensitivity both directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Kurt, do you have any other, um, I guess my question to you would be when it comes to sexual, that relationship there, what, what, what do you say to couples who are maybe just struggling connecting on that level, right? They just, we don't see eye to eye. The guy wants to have sex all the time. The wife is saying no, or it's the other way around. The wife wants to have sex all the time, and the husband is saying no. I'm not not in the mood. Whatever. I mean, what do we? What do those people do when they're in those situations that they're just not seeing eye to eye? In a sense, we'll talk about this next week. But we've got to sit down and talk, mm-hmm. and we've got to go beneath the surface to how are you doing. One of the questions I urge people to regularly ask a guy to a gal is, what can I do to make you feel more loved and cherished? The average woman can talk for 45 minutes straight (laughs) in giving an answer, and the husband needs to give her full attention in listening well. If she feels like she's being heard, because women are responders, Mm -hmm. she'll respond if she senses her husband's respecting her, listening to her, loving her, romancing her, she will just naturally give herself. Mm. But if that's absent, she's going to pull away. So it starts really uh, first thing in the morning, throughout the day, communicating at night, talking. You can't wait till you jump in the sack at 10 o'clock at night. That's not going to work. Mm. You got to communicate respect and work through issues by talking. And then the sexual aspect will come into play good mm-hmm. let's talk about differences spiritually um a lot of a lot of people probably most people are spending time in the word um i know you and i are different like you're always writing you're journaling you're in workbooks <laughs> i barely write anything uh, we just had our men's breakfast one of the guys there talked about like Oh man, he's got diagrams and color coded and, you know, like, and I'm like, boy, that's not me at all. Um, I mean, you obviously are dealing with a lot of marriages and stuff, but what, what are the differences when it comes to the way men and women view 
spirituality, time in the word, journaling. Talk a little bit about that. God's created us guys to be the spiritual leader. But I would dare say through all of my 47 plus years of ministry, in the average home, the wife is a spiritual leader. Hmm. I'm chagrined to share that. I think maybe our church is a little bit better here. This is a strong, godly church with a lot of good male leaders. Nevertheless, it's still present here. Um, Guys are supposed to be designed by God to be the spiritual leader, but oftentimes they're embarrassed. They don't know as much as their wife. And so they, they fear, and so they step back. And sometimes women have a you know, a big expectation and the guy says, I can never fulfill all of her expectations, so I'm not going to do anything. And he just pulls back totally, which then frustrates his wife. If, if I'm honest, I would say the average woman is a little ahead of the average man spiritually. They're just more inclined towards spiritual things. But guys, we need to work at that and, and try to turn that around. <clears throat> By the grace of God, that can happen. But uh, the wife needs to be supportive, encouraging. And uh, guys tend not to be as diligent in the word with the disciplines of the, of the faith as the wife. But again, we need to get alone with God and say, Lord, I want this to be different. I want to be a spiritual leader. I want to be a godly man. Help me mm-hmm. with that component. And that's the way God designed it for him to be the spiritual leader. And I know... A, the average wife, well, we, we heard one of our young men at a recent question and answer time with, with our men's breakfast say this, sexiest thing a godly man can do, or I mean, uh, uh, the sexiest thing to a godly woman is to have a godly man, spiritual-minded mm-hmm. man. I, I like that. I yeah. think that's right on. Yep. So, Jesse, they, there's a lot of guys who would say, I'm trying to lead... Uh, I'm maybe not where my wife is, um, but I feel like I can't lead because my wife is always leading. <laughs> I've, I've, I've talked to guys about yeah, that. Right. Um, how, what would you say to, what would you say to Kurt's comment about a man who leads? What does that do to you as a woman? And then what would you say to, um, those wives out there that maybe are just like they're leading and they're, they're not allowing their husband to, to lead like what you're saying, Kurt. Um, yes, I do agree that it is very sexy. I think when a husband will step up and lead and whether it's time together, you and I, or with the kids around at the dinner table, leading discussions and like having a little bit of a teaching time, even for the family and the kids. And I love that. Um, and I think for those wives, um, who are more domineering or possibly more controlling, (laughs) we need to work on that. I think, um, they need to realize that it is control. And if they don't ever give their husband an opportunity to lead, he's never going to learn. Um, you, you know, I think as women, sometimes we, we get these books and we want to go through the study with our children. You know, I'm thinking of children, um, And, um, you know, we like the plan, we like to follow the plan, we like the scheduling and all of that. So I think sometimes we're, we're driven by that, but at the same time, um, 
like I said, we have to give our husbands the chance. So she needs to back off and she needs to kindly ask or pray, pray that the Lord would convict his heart um, to want to lead and to want to grow in that area um, because God's called him to lead his family. Um, so, yeah. Kurt, any follow up to that, what she was saying? She's right. First Peter 3 addresses the wife, the godly wife, as being a submissive woman mm-hmm. who, without a word, that is her verbal barrage of nagging, uh, even if he won't listen to the word, will be won by her behavior. Scripture talks about her being sweet, gracious, and tender. That's very precious in God's sight. She's sweetly submissive, not trying to control him, not trying to dominate him, not trying to change him because she can't anyway. And neither can the husband change his wife. Only God can do that. But the ordained means is being spirit-filled and letting God do the change work and not us. That's good. What? Uh, so just wrapping up here, I'll give both of you why why is this why is it important to understand the differences and maybe just speak to the to the to the men and then also speak to the women about why why is it important to to understand the differences and and even go back to the conversation you had at the beginning there about you know this is complementing versus competing i think a lot of people think you know it is like why can't they think like me why don't they see it like me why don't they why don't they have the same interests as me, right? What would you just say to those people who maybe are in that situation, right? And they're and they're just they're just struggling. We're not we're not seeing eye to eye. We don't have things in common. I'm having a hard time understanding our differences, and I'm not really quite sure what to do. In order to have a really good marriage, we have to evaluate our presuppositions, our assumptions. And so many, as I mentioned earlier, have wrong notions. And that actually poisons and pollutes their relationship. She's going to be a clone of me. No. God designed two different sexes according to his sovereign plan that, that we might come together and complement each other, not compete with each other. It's a beautiful picture of even the union within the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, yet one God. And there's meant to be unity. Marriage is supposed to be a picture of unity, even the picture of Christ's love for the church. So we've got to make sure we understand that my wife, my husband's not going to be a clone of me. She's made by design different. I need to give her time and attention to understand. And then she's going to respond to me in the appropriate way. And it's a beautiful picture of dying to self and giving myself to another person and living my entire life to understand her or him better and thus to give greater glory to God. That's good. I think I would say um, from Titus 2 that the older women are supposed to train the younger to love their husbands and their children. And, um, you know, even practically, I think for someone who's struggling, a young mom or a wife, she can find a mentor. She can find somebody that can pour into her and help her along along the way. I've done that with quite a few ladies younger than me, and I've had older women speaking into my life, and I needed it at different times when I didn't feel like I had that. I didn't have someone 
to follow. Even though this church is full of women, (laughs) sometimes we just need one um, that can sit down with us and talk to us and we can share those burdens with. Um, So we need each other. Yeah, and I think there's a, I love that. I think there's a lot of women who think like, I don't have much to offer or I don't, I don't have it figured out. Right. So like, none all, of us do. yeah, which none, none <laughs> right. of us do. There's not a, there's not a marriage that's got it figured out. Even Kurt here, who's 47 years of marriage still is working through that. You're still communicating. You're still dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think we're always, we're always learning. We're always growing from people, but yeah, sit down with people that have been through it or been ahead of you. Or I know, I know we've met with other people and had conversations with other mm-hmm men or women. And it's like, man, that's so helpful, like to, to walk through those situations. So, um, no, this is good. This is, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for, for doing this. This is, this is good. Hopefully this will cause our listeners to maybe have some questions to have dialogue, which really all all this comes down to communication, right? I mean, all of us, which, um, so, so next, next week, we're going to be doing another one. Tell us a little bit, Kurt, what that one's going to be about. Well, now that we've laid a foundation, we can start building the superstructure. And when you realize there are differences, you realize you need to talk. So we're going to talk about communication and conflict resolution. A lot of couples struggle with bickering Mm -hmm. and maybe more. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, what do we do? So I regularly sit down with them and explain the dynamics of communication and conflict resolution. We'll look at that next week. All right, great. So thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks for listening in, and hopefully you'll be able to listen in next week.